Moncrief on News Talk. Ireland has, as you know, a long history of oral storytelling. But if you think that has all but died out, there are still Shanachie travelling the country. Storytellers of Ireland is an organisation that promotes the oral tradition and puts storytellers in contact with audiences. Simona Schimmelfeder is a committee member and storyteller herself. Simona, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, how, how did you become a storyteller? I always loved stories and um, I was studying to be a teacher. And then I got an apprenticeship here in Ireland. I'm originally from Germany. Um, I got an apprenticeship with an Irish storyteller, um, spent three months just telling stories, traveling this beautiful country, and I was hooked. Okay. And so what is ha- being an apprentice storyteller, what does that involve? It's madness. <laughs> you travel a lot. You do um, go to every place where you can tell stories. And you would need a, a master storyteller with you, so someone who's been doing it. Um, for a long time to point you in the right direction and then you learn from them and what happened to me was I was the apprentice of Liz Weir up in Antrim and she wouldn't so much teach me as just bring me into situations and just let me tell and let me get experience Right, yes. okay and, and, and learning that is that not just learning the stories themselves but how you tell a story Oh definitely you have um, the story bit is you have to take the story from the paper into um, an oral story. So you read your story, then you put the paper aside and you learn it by heart. That's what we're all about. It's the oral storytelling. Mm. So that is a part where you learn, where your memory really needs to be triggered with that. Yeah, no, but, but, but when you're delivering that story, yes. is there an element of acting in there as well? Yes, yeah. there would be. We have everything. We have literature, we have poetry, we've got the acting all combined in one art. Yeah, and, and the stories themselves, I mean, are, are, are in Storytellers of Ireland, are people going around the country... Uh, uh, telling new stories or is it the old traditional stories? It's both. It's both. We are um, very conscious of all the storytellers that went before us. Like Ireland has such a big tradition of oral storytelling and the storytellers, the Shenakis, were the tradition bearers and we keep that going. But also storytelling needs to change, needs to be a contemporary art as well. So you get new stories and you get old stories and you get everything in between. Yeah. What kinds of new stories? There's a lot of personal stories out there. There's um, the storytelling. When you tell a personal story, it can be very powerful. So it connects with your audience because it's your own experience. Mm. But you also have to make sure that you don't turn your storytelling session into a therapy session. So it still needs to be a story, even if it's your story. Yeah. And uh, but when you say personal stories, uh, would these be true stories? We, uh, is the storyteller saying this happened to me or can or is there some artistic license there? In, in... Uh, definitely artistic license. Yes. We're all storytellers. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not necessarily yeah. true stories. They uh, would have uh, a grain of truth in them. Like every story really has a grain of truth in them. And mm-hmm. these ones would be a yeah, story, um, something that happened to you. But then the audience usually appreciates that. Yeah, you have yeah. there. Yeah, your storytellers. Well. Uh, and I, I suppose the difference between now and back in back in the day is that is that it's probably a slightly more formalized setting. People come along to hear the stories, whereas storytelling might happen in the pub or around a hearth or, or that kind of. Yes, thing. Yes, um, that actually is still happening. So you could can still go into pubs and you can have storytellers standing up and tell your story. Which here in Ireland, I find it amazing. Somebody gets up and tells a story, and people go shh. Mm. Not in every pop. Yes, <laughs> not, no, yeah. Not in every pop, yeah. but it happens. Um, but you also have festivals. We go into libraries. Um, we have got um, storytelling circles so where you have the more intimate um, thing going on, the intimate storytelling. So uh, if you go onto our website, um, you will find all the storytelling circles 
that are around Ireland and you get information when mm. they meet. And, and, and what is the story? Is this storytellers telling each other stories? Well, that can happen as well, yeah. but usually it is um, for audience and for storytellers. So you come along, you either bring a story yourself or you just come to listen. And those many storytelling circles work that they have maybe a feature teller for some time of the evening and then they open the floor and you come and you tell your story. Ah, right. OK. Mm. Is there are there conventions around these things in the sense that if you say, for instance, you have a storytelling circle and that somebody turns up with a really brilliant story, can you steal it and use it yourself later on or adapt it slightly? You know, genius steals, as they say. Yes. Well, um, there is a lot of policy around that, I'd say, but it's not written down. So Mm. it's kind of etiquette, what you do as a storyteller. You always acknowledge your source. You always say where you get your story from. Okay. And if you got it from another storyteller, it is good etiquette to ask the storyteller for permission if you can tell the story. And I would never tell a personal story of another storyteller. That just, is, for myself, myself, it's a no-go. You okay, don't do that. that well, it does sound like a poor yeah. form, all right? Yeah. And and the audience is now, I mean, obviously, I imagine there's a, there's a ready audience among children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and but among adults as well. I oh, mean, yes, what kind yeah. of settings for adults? I uh, usually you would have more festival settings. So if you have a literary uh, festival, you put in the storyteller there, and you get an audience like that. Or you mm. would have the like the storytelling circles, or you have storytelling festivals. There's a good few storytelling festivals out there, um, like the Sneem Storytelling Festival in Kerry. There's um, the Cape Clear Island Storytelling Festival, which is a bit like the Hollywood of storytelling festivals. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. It is. It's very good. Um, worldwide renowned storytelling festival right outside on the yeah. little island. And, and and do storytellers in Ireland still call themselves uh, Shanaki or do, uh, does that vary? It might vary, but usually, yes, we would refer to ourselves as Shanaki just to, to keep the tradition alive as well and bearing in mind that the role of the Shaniki over the centuries changed, of course, a lot as well. And mm. we are the modern Shanikis. Yeah. And the, the, the material itself, obviously, if it's children, you might have to tell your material. And, and, and if it's adults, you might have to, you can tell your material. The, the, does it deal with, I suppose the traditional view is that the stories Shaniki would tell would be, you know, would be uh, stories that might be almost like fables as a, you know, there's a message there. Mm. Would that still be the case? I think every story has a message, but it's down to the audience to pick up the message. Mm. And then the storyteller, you you adapt, you adapt your stories to your audience, um, but you don't change the heart of the story. So you don't change the message. Yeah. And you would have stories that um, if I tell for children, I would have lots of join in stories to capture their um, imagination and, and their attention as well, mm. because, you know, I tell to babies, too. So yeah. <laughs> it is quite a skill there. Yeah. But you also um, when you tell to an adult audience, um, you read your audience as a storyteller, you learn how to go in to an audience and to read your audience and then you pick the story. So you need a huge repertoire of either folk tales, funny tales, um, serious tales. In some conditions, you just go in and you tell the story and you feel like, no, they're not for laughter tonight. Yes. And then you change it. So you you, you get a feeling for what your audience needs. OK, and so do, do you have like a warm up story when you're kind of getting yes. a feel of, uh, of oh, really? Yes, do you? you do. An yeah. icebreaker. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So would that be kind of a relatively short one? Yeah. 
Yeah. And it gives you that that time to figure out your audience. Yeah. Yes. Is there, I, I suppose in, in a work, like you can be at home and we did an item on Alexa earlier on in the show. You could say, Alexa, tell me a story or people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> people can listen to audio books or yes. people can go to the cinema or not so much anymore, perhaps, or the theatre. It's it, is it hard to compete with all of that? I think it. Um, th- that's actually a question we often get, um, especially when it goes about telling stories to children. But also, um, I'd say no, because there is a certain magic that comes from the live storytelling. So I tell you a story, I share something with you, but the story gets recreated in the telling because we are oral storytellers. We do not read the story and the story changes every time I tell it to you Mm. because a bit of you goes into the story as well. And that doesn't need to compete with anything. So you get the attention of people uh, with it and at the same time, then people turn around and put on the TV and that's perfectly fine. So both can exist at the same time. Simona Schimmelfeder is a committee member of uh, Storytellers of Ireland. Simona, thank you very much for coming in to us today. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.